your partner is leaving and then what do you do? You're alone. And um, that's also where where I kind of got, the, especially like beginning of December. So kind of my worst, worst time here in Namibia was like beginning of December till mid of December, because I kind of did not have that, that proper routine. Welcome again to International Love Story. Today I have a very special guest who is also from Germany, but she was brave to move to Namibia last year. So completely other culture for her. And obviously there's a whole background story we're going to get into a little bit further, a little bit deeper. I'd like to welcome Janine. Janine, everyone who, who's seeing you for the first time, who's listening to you for the first time, who are you? What are you doing? Tell us all about you. We'll try to make this as short as possible. <laughs> so I'm Janine. I'm uh, 24 years old. Like you said, I am from Germany. And yeah, last year in September, so roughly four months ago, I moved uh, abroad. Like I packed all my all my suitcases well, which includes two <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, my two suitcases and moved to Namibia to live with my boyfriend who mm -hmm. was born and raised here and yeah now we're living here together after we've been in a long distance relationship for almost four years and yes so back in Germany I studied architecture that was my big big dream for a very very long time We started dating and shortly after that, I started studying. So it was kind of clear that I will first finish my bachelor's degree. And from there on, we'll see what will happen. And yeah, so now I'm here. Not allowed to work yet because I don't have my work, work visa. So um, waiting for now. But um, yeah, very happy that I actually took that step and that I'm here now. That you that you were able to to close the distance and move forward yes, from there finally. now. Yeah. Yeah. For how long have you been dating now? Almost four years. Like on the 25th of January, it's four years. That's so crazy. And if you if you summarize like or if you would summarize the last four years, like thinking back what were the biggest the biggest hurdles and the biggest challenges um, and the most beautiful moments as well um yeah like the biggest challenges is definitely the distance like mm -hmm. i guess like everyone who is or was in a long distance relationship can agree because that is like you can't just jump or like yeah yeah jump into your car drive for an hour or two which is also already a long distance relationship but for me if I like heard my friends back in Germany kind of complaining that the boyfriend or the girlfriend lives just in a different town like an hour away where I thought like well you're actually so lucky I need to jump on a plane and fly for 10 hours at least um, which is not as easy so that definitely And I think like, especially in the beginning, kind of learning how to communicate. I think that is actually 
was one of the biggest challenges because if you are getting to know someone in your mother language, it's not hard. You understand each other. You can, you, you know that the other person can understand you and knows what, uh, you know what, what they mean. Both, like both parts, not, not mother, mother language, like mine is German, his is Afrikaans. Um, mm-hmm. So we definitely still make, make mistakes and kind of because you're still mostly texting throughout the day like that was in our our relationship so we texted most of the time of course we also called each other but throughout the day it's easier to text like while I was in university or while he was at work um there is like a lot of misunderstandings (laughs) you can misunderstand something very easily but the 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 nicest uh, things in the past four years or like the the best yeah like how do you say the best um memory so far was definitely for me it was always the like when when you just meet again like at the airport when you just can hug each other again when you're when you yeah left all those kilometers behind you and can just enjoy the time together yeah like for me also the Longest time that we haven't seen each other was nine months in the past year. So I left in January 2021 to go back, finish my bachelor's degree. So we knew I won't come back for quite a long time. So after those nine months, finally getting there, when those doors opened, I was so relieved that I am finally here in Namibia. And um, so I think like in all those four years, that was the biggest or like the 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 memory I will forever kind of cherish and mm-hmm. yeah think back to mm. yeah it's crazy that you think back and you still exactly know how how you felt in that very moment and I guess if you will close your eyes and you think back it's like you're still there because it's yeah. it's an incredible and very 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 emotional moment especially I don't know how was it for you when you got into the plane and you had to say goodbye to your family before like were you were you able to realize what's going on and what your future will look like or when did you realize that you're actually making a big big step right now um I think at the airport kind of greeting the family saying goodbye to the Mm -hmm. family was already like a point of realization that something is gonna change um but it was still kind of like in the past four years I don't know how many times I was standing at that airport kind of leaving Mm -hmm. Germany but you always know I'm coming back and I actually like already have or like even back then had a flight booked um back to Germany because I still had like one flight um left from all the um yeah past few years what was happening with like all the rescheduling and stuff so it was still kind of okay like I am leaving Germany for now but I'm coming back in six months so it was not as hard and for me it's always like uh, my mother's from Bosnia so I was already used to um being always yeah like away from one half of my family 
And we actually, like, we're always driving 10 to 11 hours to Bosnia. And now I'm flying 10 to 11 hours to Namibia. It's just like, the difference is just a car or a plane. For me, it did not make a big difference because I can still call my family every day. I can still text them every day. And if something happens, that was also back then kind of what Martin and I always said. Um, we're basically just like 24 hours maximum away from each other. So if something happens and we need to be mm. with each other, you can within 24 hours get on a plane, fly back or to be with that person. So that kind of, for me, is calming my nerves a little bit. <laughs> um, but I think like the proper realization just came like right before Christmas because mm -hmm. like us as Germans, we're used to like the cold German, very little snow, but sometimes snow. Um, and I don't know, it's just like for me, it's definitely a complete different Christmas mood sitting there on on Christmas Eve with your family eating the very yummy food and then like unpack your presents and just enjoy the evening together um, while here we had like 35 degrees um, sunshine throughout the day of course mm -hmm. you don't have on a normal a normal Christmas tree we had like one of those uh, thorn bushes um, or like those dried dried um, trees it is different but it's yeah so kind of there was a little bit where I kind of got a bit nostalgic and started missing yeah. my family but actually like on Christmas day like that day was actually quite nice like that day I was like okay I will just enjoy it it's different because it was already the third Christmas I spent away um, mm -hmm. but now it was like the second Christmas like in the years 2020 and 21 now, I um, yeah spent both Christmases in Libya. Yeah, kind of. I called uh, I called my family just off no just before dinner, and then we cookie talked, and then yeah, everything was fine again. And I think now I'm ready to extend uh, the rest of my stay here until March, and then mm -hmm. we'll see. So so far, it's not as bad. Maybe I will realize it even more when there's like the GNO flight booked when I don't know if I can go back in like six months or maybe just two years. Mm. It's very, very different. So, yeah, I understand. I mean, as you've mentioned, at least you have a flight ticket back home. So, you know, already when you're going to see your family again mm. and there are just like so many things, obviously, you still have to get used to, especially when it comes to, to holidays or those days yeah. you're supposed to celebrate with your family back home. And yeah, and they're just missing out. And I mean, we had the same experience. Or I had the same experience um, when celebrating Christmas here in Argentina. That is just different. It's also hot here. It's yeah. summer right now, you know, and um, I... In Germany, obviously, you have all the heavy food like uh, yeah. potatoes, like almost everything with potatoes, at least in my family, and uh, red kale and stuff like this, like very, very heavy winter food. And then here was just so hot that I barely couldn't eat. Like I, I was yeah. like, give me a salad and I'm happy, you know. Yeah. And then also the uh, what I think it's very interesting that you don't have a Christmas tree in Namibia either, like a typical German Christmas tree. I have to show you ours. It's like, I, I will not get used to it. Wait a second. 
Okay, obviously the people who are listening <laughs> to the podcast right now, they can't see it. But here on YouTube, I'm just holding the little Christmas tree we had here into the camera. And you see, it's a fake Christmas tree, obviously. It's super ugly. So it's not, not, not so beautiful. <laughs> and we got it as a gift from Natchez mom. So I really appreciate it. But like having such a Christmas tree or actually, um, yeah, obviously a little bit bigger than this. Um, it's typical for Argentina because you don't have Christmas trees here. So yeah, like we have. also had a very small fake one. Uh, was like not even was like 80 centimeters, 90 centimeters. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it was nice. Like we also got like the Christmas decorations and some some lights and stuff. And uh, Martin's family actually they have like a very big fake Christmas tree, and a lot of people have them to still get like the Christmas mood, I guess. Um, so that that's also very very nice um but yeah we had burgers for christmas for christmas dinner so yeah <laughs> i never had yeah i never had, had burgers before like you eat duck or or like a very nice chicken or like mm -hmm. the, the roasted beef or something what we like usually eat in germany but now we had we had burgers <laughs> it was something still very new. very nice yeah, yeah. so yeah. because Of course, most people here, they uh, they actually, like, the barbecuing is called braai here. So most people, they will just barbecue and enjoy that with the family because it's nice and easy. You can sit outside and, um, yeah, enjoy still the nature a little bit. So it is different, yeah. But his family actually, um, they made an advent calendar for me. So Oh, um, that's so cute. 2020, yeah, in 2020, I was actually supposed to just stay for a month during October. But like with everything going on and because I didn't know when I can come back, I decided to stay for the full three months I was allowed to. And then um, actually my sister and my best friend, they sent me an advent calendar back then. But it never arrived in time. It just, I think it arrived after I already left back to Germany. When I got here this year or like in 21, they were like, okay, we need to build a, a, an advent calendar because an advent calendar here is kind of more for the small kids to make them very, like, to cheer them up for Christmas holidays and stuff. But I think, like, in like in Germany, a lot of people have, have advent calendars. I don't even know one person who don't have one has one. Yeah, they were actually, they thought that's a bit weird that, like, a, a grown-up person wants an advent calendar. <laughs> But they actually built me one this year and they were like very like a lot of very nice things in it so and I had like the one from my sister and my best friend for kind of now this December <laughs> so yeah. the right flight may I had one for this year so that was really nice that's so cool yeah, I see like his family is treating you very well you're you're an yeah. actual family member yeah well I hope so <laughs> it, it makes it way easier to to know that they actually care about you and like try to make you feel at home. I think it would be yeah. like way worse if you, not worse, but not, I don't think you can feel fully, fully at home or fully comfortable if you don't feel like hundred percent welcome. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. How, how was it though, when you, the first four months, I mean, for me, it sounds like you adopted quite fast, to be honest. I'm, I'm amazed because usually um, the couples and individuals I've been talking to um, for, for the podcast, most of them, they struggled a lot when moving abroad. Um, so what, 
did you do or what advice can you give for everyone who's yeah just closing the distance or who's struggling to adapt because it seems like it's going perfectly fine maybe it seems like everything's like perfectly fine but I think I'm not sure like with other couples or with other people because in the past four years I've been to Namibia like 10 times I I think I know Namibia quite well now and um What also is like a very big difference maybe to other countries is that Namibia was a German colony like very, very long time ago. And so you still find the German influences. There's still a lot of German people, uh, German, German talking people around. In the supermarkets, you can find like big ranges of German products, like not just like hygiene products you can like literally food they're importing German food from mm -hmm. all the different brands and um, that makes it definitely easier um, so I don't know like I, I don't think I can give like a good advice to to other couples and be like do this or do that to feel at home or like to adapt faster I think it's kind of try to visit the place you want to move to as fast as possible mm -hmm. Um, and I, I really think like Namibia or like from Germany to Namibia was really not that big of a change. Like I think you can you can get like proper culture shocks to, mm -hmm. to different or like to other countries. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think Namibia is one of those things. It might be also different if I would have maybe moved to a farm because of course, like if you come from a German city, I think like every city over a hundred thousand citizens is like bigger than than the the capital city Winterkir. So mm -hmm. um so I think like if you come from a city and then move to a farm which is literally out in in nowhere, that might be very different. Um but not like for me it was quite quite easy to move from my hometown to Winter because the sizes are quite similar. I think the number of the population is quite similar. So yeah, but all the German food I I need to. Um, there's always like people coming from Germany who can bring me, I don't know, my favorite chocolate or my favorite noodles or whatever I can't find. Yeah, I would love to to to, to give the best advice, but I think I can't. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I just think it's very interesting because if I think... Uh, so I've never been to Namibia, um, but if I think about Namibia of what I think I know, but actually don't know because I didn't investigate too much, but I would have said like this, that there's supposed to be a big culture shock for Germans, you know, and then you're sitting there telling me, oh, actually, you get a lot of German things here. And I feel very comfortable because it's not a big culture shock, which amazes me. And I kind of want to learn a little bit more about the history as well. We have been talking about it just briefly uh, the last time we spoke. But um, for everyone who's listening and who's watching right now, because you do have a big German cultural background in Namibia, would you like to tell us a little bit more about that? Um, well, I can try. I'm, I'm definitely not the historian here. I can't tell everything. Um, I really can't tell you like number, like years or anything. But Namibia was back then Southwest Africa. 
if you know, like if you don't know where Namibia is, so South Africa is like the complete south of, mm-hmm. of the African continent and Namibia is just on the left upper side of that. So that's why it was Southwest Africa. And then, um, so back then it was a German colony. Um, and yeah, like a lot of Germans moved here. Of course, back then it's not by planes. They moved here, like they came with all the ships <laughs> and yeah, started started colonizing the whole country. Like not always in, in nice ways. Um, there was a, um, a genocide, I think in 19... 19- Oh, eight or was it 1918? I, I don't really know. But uh, Germany actually, there was like very big in the news. Was it last year or the year before? Because Germany kind of finally agreed that it was a genocide and they finally um, paid like kind of money back to the Namibian government to kind of finally apologize in an official way that this happened. But you can really see like Swakopmund is... Um, a town at the coast. Um, if you walk through that town, you could literally think that you are at the North Sea somewhere in Germany or maybe even the, the Baltic Sea, like in a very small town or something. It looks like a small <laughs> Germany. Martin's mother told me that um, between Svakopmund, which is the Ger- or like not like everyone calls it kind of a German town because there's a lot of Germans living there. My step uncle from Germany included. So um, he moved here like 20 years ago. And between Svakopmund and Warfish Bay, Warfish Bay is kind of the, the city where the big, big port is and like where all the import export ships are coming in. Um, between those two cities, back then, I think it must have been like in the 70s, 80s before apartheid. Um, you even had to show your passport because Warfish Bay was still part of Germany back then. And that's like what also a lot of people don't know. Like you were kind of driving into, of course, not Germany because you are still on the Namibian, in the Namibian country, but kind of into like, yeah, a German city. Um, and yeah, then in 1990, um, almost the same time, Think that happened very closely, like linked to South Africa when, yeah, Namibia kind of also, or like when the apartheid started and Namibia got independent finally. But like a lot of Germans stayed and they're still kind of, it was back, I think up to like 2010, it was still quite easy for Germans to move to Namibia. Like I just know Germans who fell in love with Namibia. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe it is because there's already so many Germans living. I hope I at least could tell a little bit about Namibian history without telling it too wrong. <laughs> like, if someone yeah. knows better, they need to they need to correct me. Um, I'm definitely not the pro. <laughs> I mean, I could have warned you before, but that was just something that yeah that came to my head because. I always think quite interesting to learn a little bit more about other cultures and then the history. And like, for example, there's even a German community here in Argentina, which I wasn't aware of. And I've learned a little bit more about that as well. And I just, I just think, like, as you said, it's, it's part of history and it's actually, if you think that way, it's quite messed up that Germany recently kind of, apologized i definitely have to read it up um, because it's actually the first time i'm hearing about it you know and i feel like by 
getting to know other cultures, um, getting to know other countries. I often feel like it's a puzzle and you just stick pieces together. And like in the end, somehow it's all connected. And yeah, so thank you so much for, for bringing this up, for explaining a little bit further and also even for going into detail. And obviously for everyone who wants to learn more about it, um, I'm going to, to find an article, a link for you guys so you can read it up as well. And um, I'm definitely going to read it up because I think it's very interesting. So, but this also explains a little bit why you're feeling comfortable in Namibia. I mean, not only because uh, Martin is there, but also because it's not a big cultural shock for you, which is great. And uh, that way you don't have to struggle, especially in the beginning. So you can focus on what's important right away. Um, which is obviously like building a life there, like finding friends. I, I bet you do have plenty of friends already, but basically creating kind of, yeah, an, an environment you even feel more comfortable in, you know? And um, I think it's very exciting. So that's, that's, in my opinion, that's one of the best parts if you move abroad, that you actually have to get out there again, you know, and you have to meet people. And I know that you're working a lot right now. I know that you're working on the blog, um, but we're going to talk about that later. What I would like to know now, before we head into the details of what you're currently doing in Namibia, what the future plans are, when it comes to, because you've mentioned it nowadays, getting the visa in Namibia is not as easy as it used to be in 2010. Um, how did you manage it, may I ask, um, like when it comes to paperwork? What is there to consider? Was it difficult? Um, maybe you can even give advice to someone who has something similar in the plans. I'd like to learn a little bit more about the process of you moving to Namibia. They like it is quite hard to get to get a visa. Um, the easiest part is definitely like through internships or like unpaid work because um, if you do that, like for example, if you want to work in an orphanage or in a kindergarten here, um, those companies providing that or those um, organizations they can easily give you like a one year work visa basically, but that will all be like volunteer work. Uh, so Namibia has a very, very high percentage of unemployment or like a very high unemployment rate. Um, I think it's like at 40% officially, like you never know what's, what the unofficial numbers are. Um, so there is a lot of poverty. Um, so they kind of have that, that rule or like the, I think it's actually a law um, that if you are in employer that you first need to employ um, locals before you even consider employing someone from outside of Namibia. Um, so of course there is different work or like different visa type. I think there is actually none. So if even if you would be like, okay, if I have enough money, I don't even need to work here. I don't want to take a job from someone. You can't because I think they will never consider you as being wealthy enough to just stay here and not work so like my first advice would always be like try to find someone who can help you 
in a legal way. So I went to a lawyer um, in a visa office um, because I don't want to take any wrong steps. Like if you do anything wrong, um, you can be banned from Namibia for at least five years. So of course, that is kind of the biggest fear. You don't want that. And I actually have Mm -hmm. a friend um, who worked here. Um, She did... She started working as in a kindergarten in Germany, kind of doing her Ausbildung. What, what, it's but a that's training, like where you basically a training mm-hmm. for like the yeah. two or three years, what you do, or like what you usually do in Germany. And from those three years, you need to work for at least one year. And she wanted to do half of that year here in Namibia, which she did. Um, so she started working. And, um, but somehow something was messed up with her visa and then she was here without a visa and then the ministry of home affairs that's kind of the yeah the ministry who is yeah reliable for all the visa issues um called her and they were like yeah you need to leave the country within 48 hours or we will ban you and um of course because her her family they even have an organization here she did not want it to be banned for five years. So she packed all her stuff, bought the next flight within like 12 hours or something and left. Um, but since then, every time she enters Namibia, there's still kind of like a pop-up, like just blinking up on the visa officer's um, screen um, that like she kind of, yeah, I don't know, like something that something was wrong, like that she kind of tried to overstay her visa or something. And um, so every time she gets questioned because of that, and even like now that it's like three years ago or like four years ago. And so that is kind of my biggest fear always. <laughs> like I am kind of ready for that call. So if they call and be like, you need to leave within 48 hours, I will just like throw everything in my bag and leave. Like I don't <laughs> want to be banned. Um, so, but like my hope is that with the lawyer, like, because usually you can always like write them a letter and then kind of at least extend it for like those seven days and see like, what's the issue? Like, why should I need to leave? Um, And yeah, so there's different visa options. Of course, the first one is the work visa, which I said is most probably not um, that you won't be applying for that because you just, I think there's like very, very, very little jobs where they would consider you as like the perfect candidate from a different country like maybe as an engineer I don't I I think there is definitely a list somewhere online like if you kind of research you would be able to find it then there is um, also investors visa so that's kind of when you have a lot of money and kind of don't need to work maybe because you have enough money but then you need to invest a lot of money into a Namibian company. And like just then they would consider you wanting to stay here to overlook all your yeah investments. And the other ones uh, are definitely kind of through marriage. So you can marry and then get a the domicile visa, I think it's called. Um, but that is kind of just linked if you are married. The other one is because if you're married, that's also a a big thing. That's what a friend of mine told me. If you're married and something happens to your partner, so if he kind of dies in a car accident or something, you also just have 48 hours before you need to leave the country. And that's why you need, you don't need it, but you should maybe have it like that domicile visa 
to then still stay in the country, even if something happens to your partner. The other one is this, the one we are applying, or like I'm applying now for, is a shareholder visa. Um, mm -hmm. A shareholder visa is that I am part of a company. I uh, have my shares of a company and I need to overlook that company here. So it is still kind of like the work visa, just mm -hmm. that like the employer does not need to prove why I'm the best one because I am part of that company. And because Martin has his car rental company, I'm involved in that car rental company literally since mm -hmm. the first day. Yeah, that is kind of like, I also started building up that company as well. Um, so yeah, and then you need a lot of, a lot of um, paperwork. You need to think about everything beforehand. Before you leave Germany, you need to have everything with um, mm -hmm. birth certificates. You need the uh, police clearances. Um, you need also kind of what else do you need? Kind of where you where was your last um, living address where you were registered? Is there like any any job applications or like not job applications, but kind of what were you working before? What are your um, like what did you study what like what can you just prove everything like even like your 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 health insurance like everything should be kind of sorted and you should have everything with one of the also most important things certified copies from passports um IDs everything i did not have a certified copy of my passport um of course you can certify everything here but they wanted a certified copy from germany um, mm. So that was kind of the biggest challenge to get that as well, but managed to get it. And um, yeah, then you kind of basically hand everything in. I think for work visa, you also on top and for an investor's visa need a, you need to go to a doctor. They need to give you a medical exam, like to sign that you're still healthy they, then you need an X-ray um, from your lungs that you don't have tuberculosis or did never had it. Yeah, so everything what you might have needs to be kind of written down and on paper and then handed in. It is a lot of stress, but yeah, as soon as everything is handed in, you can't do anything more. So my whole visa process, of course, started literally like three days after I landed. Um, kind of getting to know what options I have, getting all the paperwork together, which took me about a month. And since um, beginning of December, everything is handed in. And it's like, I can't do anything more than wait. So mm. yeah, as well as, um, of course, because I got here end of September and you usually just have the 90 days uh, visa, but you have 90 days per year. So I got here end of ah, September. Okay. You can extend your visa once a year. And so I extended literally for just that last week in December. And with the new year starting, so 20, when 2022 started, the 90 days start again. So that's also why I kind of also already had the flight booked end of March. So in case mm -hmm. something happens, I can leave. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you need to kind of keep everything in mind. It is like, a, like you need to be very organized for that um, mm. to not lose. Like if you lose one paper, it's gone. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, have everything like never give the originals out of your hands. Like, like people lose stuff here 
easily. So even when I hand in, every time I hand in my passport for like a visa extension or something, I'm so afraid that something gets lost. Or even now, I think just after New Year's um, in Cape Town, actually the parliament um, burned down. Of course, it was a parliament, but the amount of paperwork which burned there is like crazy. And that thing is just gone because most of the stuff is not digitalized. So, mm. yeah. And most of the things here in Namibia are also not. So, yeah. So now I'm waiting, patiently waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like it's African time. Like people might take a bit longer, um, but like with the lawyer on my side, it's definitely easier kind of because she kind of keeps me calm and is kind of reassuring me that everything will work out. Yeah, but... Mm -hmm. Also for kind of an advice, never do anything illegal. Like you, like I would never want to go to jail in, in Germany already. Um, so I don't think anyone <laughs> wants to go to jail in Namibia. So stay with the legal stuff. There is, I can tell you, many, many illegal ways. But yeah, like Namibia is kind of trying to get hold of that as well. Kind of in the past... Mm -hmm there was, I guess, so, so many corruption cases um, that they actually started building an anti-corruption commission. I read and heard about stories where people got locked up because they tried to pay someone mm. for the visa. And that mm. person, which you just, yeah, went and told them about it. And then you can get up to 25 years in prison for that. Yeah, I mean, as long as you, as you said, as you play by rules, especially your advice of involving a lawyer, because I do feel that legal support is very important. Yeah, I know you tend to try to do things on your own and you're like, okay, it's gonna, gonna work out. Um, but if you know already that the rules are quite different in your case, like in Namibia, than most probably anywhere else, um, you can prepare yourself and go the safe way and also save a lot of time, a lot of nerves. Obviously, you're going to spend some extra money, but then you prepare the foundation for the long run. And I think that's very important. And I think, or I feel like a lot of people are not really considering this, which is okay. Again, it's money you're spending if you want to go through the process by yourself. Um, but if you're aware of that, this is going to be a very difficult topic. Um, I think it's definitely worth it to save some extra money while you're still living in your home country and spend that money on the long run because it's investment an investment in your future. And I'm thinking back, like uh, when I moved to Miami, so to the US, we contacted legal support as well before uh, we got married, before I moved. And to figure out the ways, like, is there any possibility for me to move to the US without getting married? And I'm just going to be very transparent here. Uh, after all, in our case, because I'm not specialized, you know, I don't have any special skills when it comes to, yeah, in, in, the, in the work field. I or we choose the somehow the easy way because in the end it wasn't that dramatic to be honest and we also choose to go that way alone by kind of gathering all the information together but it wasn't as difficult as it is for Namibia so we were aware that we'll be able to manage it 
um, ourselves. And I wasn't afraid that I might get banned or anything because what I basically did, I waited for the papers whilst living in Germany. And then as soon as I had the visa, I was like, okay, I'll just go for it. And then over there, I waited three more months until I got my work visa. So the process was just very different to, to Namibia. But I think it's very interesting that um, obviously every country is playing by their own rules. And then I often feel like it also depends on um, like, yeah, how well organized you are. And I don't know, had, did you have to go through an interview as well for the visa? Or how was that no. in your case? No interview? Um, okay. No interview, not for this one. Um, okay. I know actually that you, if you want to get married, you need to go for an interview. Like if you as a foreigner want to marry a mm -hmm. Namibian, you need to go have an interview so that they um, kind of, yeah, like to avoid... Um, how do you say it, like to to avoid um, fake relationships or fake marriages, like for people just for for to, to be allowed to stay in Namibia. Um, so I know a few friends actually who, who had to go take that interview. And um, then after the interview, kind of they decide if you will be allowed to marry a Namibian or not. So if yeah. they say no, you're actually not allowed yeah. to marry. Yeah, so that's the only interview I know of. This is the same, actually, and almost the same for the U.S. Because in the interview, even though if you have all the papers, if you took care of everything, if you can prove everything. And I had a photo of 20 pages, you know. And right there, one person right away is deciding if you'll get the visa or not. And I, I don't know. I mean, I heard stories when it comes to the visa for, for the U.S., where uh, people gave the wrong answer or not the answer the interviewer was expecting you know and so mm. it was it was like so i was i was very afraid um that i might just choose the wrong wording and my english wasn't perfect at that time either and then <laughs> i got interviewed and it was a thing of five minutes and he handed me back the papers <laughs> and he was like okay i was like okay what That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I was like, what do you mean it's okay? Yeah, your visa is granted. And I looked at him, I was like, taking my papers just like this? It's granted? He was like, yeah. <laughs> Or do you want anything else? I'm like, oh no, it's all good. Bye. And then so you just, just and then you just turn around and run. <laughs> like, <"Ooh." laughs> before he changes his mind. Yeah. I think I would be the same. No, that's I'm kind of so what weird. you don't have to go through. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just the only thing, like even like when I think about the, the city council in, in of my hometown in Germany, you already, if you need something, even just kind of like your passport renewal or like your ID renewal, you always like wait for hours if you don't have an appointment. And like literally they just started an appointing appointment system like two years ago. So way behind other cities. And like here, you don't have that. Like here you come whenever you want and stand in line. So for my, um, for my tourist visa uh, renewals, I had to stand in there, of course. Like in 2020, I stood there like three times because the one time I wanted to extend it already right away after I rebooked my flight. And then that woman told me, no, you need to come back. But I was waiting for three hours that day in that line to be told, no, I need to come back in like a month. Um, 
And then the second time had to come back. Then you wait, you hand everything in and then you leave your passport for like two or three days there. And then you need to come back again. But like the pickup is easy because then you just go in front of everyone. But mm-hmm. now with this one, you need to stand there for hours. Like you need to, like they open at eight. Well, on paper, they open at eight. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, But you need to get there at like six to be like at least one of the first 20 people to get in there because everything just gets crazy in there. And then kind of uh, like hand everything in, but then you need to go into another queue to go and pay. With that slip, you need to queue, queue again to hand that and that you paid so they will start processing everything that is crazy like i like that's also why i said i want to use a lawyer like rather take a little bit more money because they will have the people to stand in line <laughs> or they will know which back door they need to use to come like to become first in line because you will be standing there literally for the whole day and like if they have lunchtime at one they will close at one and then you will stand there for like at least an hour until they open up again like even when I had to go and pick up a paper it was um, the woman called me and told me the paper is ready I can come and pick it up and there was 20 20 minutes before one and I was five minutes away I was like okay can I still come she was like yeah yeah just come and pick it up quickly and the security guard already locked the door so I kind of had to beg him to let me back in I kind of showed that I was like on the phone with that woman and it was like a shit show but like then like he left me back in like quickly because Uh I literally put my foot into the door I was like I just need that paper I don't want to come back in like two hours again (laughs) and then he left me but like usually you can stand there for like hours and days and just lose your time so um, yeah it's just it's African time so you need to always consider like it definitely depends on the country you are moving to I guess like Maybe Asian countries are a bit more efficient on on those topics um, or like other European countries, but definitely not African countries. Like they need to have a lot of of patience. And like as a German, you don't have that patience. (laughs) No, not really. No, we're not known for being patient. No, No, definitely not. That's that's actually one of the biggest learnings kind of to just relax. Like if they're taking their time, you can also take your time. Like, especially like also in the supermarkets, if you kind of, if you need to get somewhere and they see you're in a rush and you kind of, you need to like, when you're also not, not nice, when you're rude or something, they will even slow down. Like they will, they will make you wait. (laughs) So just, just relax like it won't help to be there five minutes earlier like yeah no one will be angry at you and like usually you will still be the, like the first one or like earlier than everyone else <laughs> so, yeah i see all right. so so right now you're patiently waiting for your work permit and that basically brings us to to the next bigger topic i think when it comes to what your plans for the futures are actually because we know now you're waiting for the paper um you're going to fly to to germany very soon hoping that you'll be able to re-enter again um but if we talk like long term what's going to happen most probably if you could kind of because 
I know it's not possible. It just it would be amazing. But if you could influence um, the next few months, the next 12 months, how would it look like? The next 12 months. Well, um, so of course, like, because I'm not allowed to work for any money. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I'm, of course, starting that website now. So I'm in the process of starting a website and um, a blog and mm -hmm. kind of a travel consultation um, part with that website um, to, because that was back then what I kind of wished for. Of course, you can always go to a travel agency and ask for help, like to, for help, like to, to book places or to help you to figure out the best route and stuff. And um, so we never went to a travel agency, my father and me, but kind of still to have that person by your side who you can ask questions like, what do you think will the weather be? Like, do I really need to take or like pack my trekking boots, which you definitely don't need to here in Namibia as a normal tourist. <laughs> um, kind of, so that, um, so I want to kind of stand by by the people's side while like preparing the perfect trip to Namibia. Um, so the, the blog will launch soon. It will launch on the 30th of January. So I really hope um, that kind of by end of the year, I um, will have, or like that I've already had like a few clients I could have put help with like planning their routes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, well, I also really hope because my boyfriend, he has his car rental company and before COVID they're like, that car rental company was still a very small one compared to like the other big companies here. Um, but it was like working out so perfectly. We had so many tourists. We were like almost booked out for more than a year in advance. Like of course for the high wow. students, um, which is really, really, really nice. And I enjoyed working with, with tourists so much. Like, cause I, I was always here like during the, those peak seasons I was always helping like kind of preparing the cars preparing like food or drinks for the for the clients and I just love interacting with them so of course like that did not happen very much in the past two years and right now we kind of more renting out like long term long term to like local companies it would be really nice to get like the tourists back because mm -hmm. I just love it because for me it's like Yeah, like I came to Namibia for the first time four years ago. And um, so I can still, I still know how they feel like, how it is like getting out for the first time out of that plane, taking your car, like your rental car and just like exploring that country for the first time. It's amazing. So mm -hmm. that's kind of, I really want to go get back to that. And yeah, I hope like, that this year's visa issues will also be sorted because then I will be sorted for at least like two years. And yeah, just kind of getting settled, don't having those thoughts anymore about like maybe I need to leave or what will happen kind of tomorrow. Um, yeah, so I just want to settle, build up kind of a solid income and be kind of a little bit independent and yeah just kind of yeah like I'm already I'm already having a nice routine here would just be mm -hmm. nice to have like a nice working routine as well kind of 
working a little bit, but then also kind of getting like deeper into like the private routine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll see. This is also, I mean, now that you're mentioning that you're dropping the word routine, um, it's so great to hear that you do have a routine already. Because I think, I feel like this also helps you to feel much more comfortable. Um, And we're like a little bit off topic, I know, but I'd be interested in what your routine is actually and how you got this routine. Because I feel like this is also a very important topic. I definitely would like to talk about, like at least scratching the surface when it comes to Yeah, how to create your own comfort zone uh, abroad. Yeah, because I also think that's also a big issue, like especially when you're not allowed to properly work. I have been there. I lost my mind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like your partner is leaving and then what do you do? You're alone. And um, that's also where where I kind of got, especially like beginning of December, so kind of my worst, worst time here in Namibia. Um, not really but kind of in like looking back in those past four months was like beginning of December till mid of December because I kind of did not have that that proper routine what I had was um, going to dog school with my dog once a week because Martin and I we actually adopted um, in 2020 we adopted a dog and then I left for the nine months so she did not get any any training at all she was a bit very much spoiled by him a bit very much (laughs) when I when I got here I was like okay well I need to sign up for dog school um and that already helped a lot like once a week or like twice a week going to dog school starting to train with her then there's also of course a lot of Germans in that dog school so it's kind of nice to also get out of the house do something by yourself still with your dog but just you're not reliable or like you don't rely on your partner and then um kind of that was the first thing and then what I did from the very first beginning was always because Martin gets up between like 6 30 and 7 um and then he kind of showers and everything I still stay in bed for like that half an hour but as soon as he leaves I get up like I don't stay longer in bed I did that back then when I was still studying if I did not have any online classes, I was like, well, I can take the morning off. But still, it was like kind of taking the morning off because you will need to work in the afternoon. But now I was like, okay, I need to get up. I need to have that routine because otherwise, like you said, you will just get crazy. Like you will get lonely. You will have too much time to think about the bad stuff. Um, so, yeah, I just got up kind of there's still like that house is still not kind of completely like there's still not all the um furniture in like we don't have like uh all the like pictures up like it's still like a process so kind of doing that a little bit kind of thinking about what could I start um then kind of still working on the website for the car rental company or what I what kept me very busy and which Martin did not like very much was kind of the Instagram, kind of building that up a little bit. Yeah, writing guides or whatever. And that was kind of where the idea for the website developed, where I was like, well, if I do it for the for the Instagram, then that can just be like an add-on. And then kind of I focus on a website where I can provide with like 
guides and and tips and maybe like an ebook one day so that was kind of the first plan to maybe write an ebook but mm-hmm. then I kind of decided maybe I should first start small just with a website and then mm-hmm. kind of from there can develop into more mm-hmm. so um yeah like usually then I don't know like I definitely I, I love cooking so I kind of tried also to cook every day um went to the supermarket um of course like then all going for walks with the dog training the dog even if there was no dog school um in the first three months we did a lot of training which helped her also a lot to develop um yeah and still kind of like just being busy like I read a lot I actually took an online course um so kind of just just not getting bored because of course, you can always have like a lazy day. I also have that, like where I'm like, nah, like I won't get up now. I will relax a little bit longer, just scroll through Instagram on the couch, mm-hmm. like until like nine or half past nine in the morning, which is fine. Um, but just, I think if you have like just too much time to think, that's that's yeah. where you can fall in a very, in a very dark space, and that's kind of like I said happened to me a little bit in the beginning of December where I was like, well, is that still the right choice? Um, shouldn't I maybe rather go back to Germany and work more, like earn more money and then just come back because literally like you're starting to buy Christmas presents and then like all your money is just gone and then like all the visa yeah. stuff needs to be paid yeah. for and like money can vanish like it's nothing. So yeah. just... Yeah, like even if it's just reading a book or kind of like I said, an online course, there's also so many online courses you can do in whatever you're interested in. There's like enough things to do. So that is kind of definitely an advice what I can what I can give. Like in the first few months, if you don't know if you can work or whatever, like try to try to stay busy. It's actually really nice. So mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, especially get up because <laughs> I struggled with that a lot. It sounds so weird, but it's just like you don't have a reason to get up. So you just chill a little bit longer in bed. Maybe you fall asleep again. And then out of sudden, it's in my case, seriously, out of my own experience, I'm not embarrassed for it because it's <laughs> it was part of my process. I would get up at 1.30 p.m., for example. Mm. You know, and then you start the day and you're like, okay, actually... I messed up the whole day already. Like, why did I even get up? Why yes. shouldn't I just go back to bed? And it sounds very sad. And it was sad, um, especially in the first few weeks. And I don't know how I pulled through it. I, I mean, I know how to, because luckily I also have a partner who's very, very supportive and very understanding and who knows when to kind of kick my ass. So he did that, which I needed. Um, but yeah, um, this is why I just wanted to talk a little bit about the topic of the routine and I feel like mm-hmm. I definitely have to do another um, podcast episode just talking about this because it is important especially in the beginning to focus um, to, to have a to-do list um, to get out there to connect with others to to make friends um, especially if you're living in a country you know didn't feel fell in love with And you're just there for your partner, which was the case in my case. I wasn't feeling comfortable at all in Miami. Um, but but there are so many ways for you to still basically 
create your own little safe space. And one of the parts is having a routine. So I'm very glad that we talked about that. And as I mentioned, on trying to make another episode about it, getting a little bit into detail, because um, this is nothing you can just scratch on surface because there's so much more behind it. <laughs> yes, definitely. I think it's also still very important also for, kind of for the relationship, like for the partner, because yeah. like you said, you, you have a very supportive partner, I as well. But sometimes you don't have the very supportive partners where you kind of need to pull yourself out of there. And then kind of that also, I think, sits very heavily on a relationship um, if you're kind of not satisfied with your life there. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. You're trying to figure out like, hey, am I the reason? Is my partner the reason I'm not feeling comfortable? Your partner see you suffer, you know, and um your significant other is just trying to help, but in the end, um, he or she is helpless because there is not much you can do. This is something you definitely have to to crawl out yourself, um, more or less. Um, and for example, and I've mentioned it um, in in a previous podcast a long time ago, what helped me a lot is when Nacho basically told me, okay, Tina, right now, you're working way behind me. Like I'm working in the front and you're somewhere behind me and it's okay for now um, but you basically need to get your ass up move a little bit forward because I'm here I'm gonna wait for you um, but as soon as you're next to me again we're gonna move forward together but I have to make sure that you get here you know that we that we are both walking together again for now i'm gonna wait but and i i think that was like this this little sentence you know that mm. i have no idea uh, like where it came from um but it helped me a lot it helped me a lot and literally the next day i got my ass up because i realized hey he's right and um mm. that was just like in the moment it was a lot for me to take in <laughs> but the next day i i totally understand what all this is about and that he's 1000 right and that we are actually partners and we're not supporting each other like we're not only supporting each other but we are also making sure that um we're moving forward the same path that we are still like moving into the right direction and moving into the goal we set for the both of us you know And so I needed that. And thank you so much for, for sharing your routine with us and for getting a little bit into detail. Um, obviously what I do for sure, I'm going to um, link your website in the side notes as well as here in the description of YouTube and um, your Instagram as well. So everyone who wants to get in contact with you, they will know where to find you to ask yeah. you further <laughs> questions or if there's anyone who's going to visit Namibia anytime soon. Um, now you have a point of contact in Namibia, someone who's going to help you <laughs> to plan the best route and um, the greatest adventures and to get to know Namibia in the most like perfect way of you could say so especially uh i know it has a lot to offer i know you felt in love with namibia i'm seeing like your instagram <laughs> pictures um, your description as well 
And it's just like so lovely that we were able to connect, uh, that you shared so much with us. I really, really appreciate it. And to somehow to get to an end, um, I know it has been a lot, a lot of different topics um, we just covered in this episode. Mm, but to go back to, to one of my previous questions, if you think back, is there one specific advice you'd like to give anyone who might even be in a similar situation like you or who's going through a hard time right now, who's uh, trying to figure out paperwork? We know now definitely um, take the legal account into consideration, but is there anything else you would like to share for everyone who's watching and everyone who's listening right now? Mm, I think um kind of the best advice to give is kind of stick through <laughs> it's always it's always gonna be hard like visa is just like bureaucracy is never easy like never ever but as soon as it's sorted it will be worth it like for me it was always like like that was kind of also the the like the topic or like the thing what was always um kind of in my mind was like stick through it because in the end it will be worth it um, and it's kind of up to today, not just visa stuff, also kind of for having a hard time in your long distance relationship. Um, there is a reason why you are in a long distance relationship, of course, most probably because you can't be together right now. Um, but as soon as you got through it, you can be together and then, then you made it. So then it's worth it to have yeah. a fight for it, to stick through it, to, yeah, yeah. just don't, don't give up. Yeah. Thank you so much for your advice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it was nice having you in this podcast and talk to you in English, even though we're both Germans, <laughs> which is still kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah, but it was really amazing to connect with you on another level to learn a little bit more about uh, your background story, about your love story, about your future plans. Yeah. As mentioned, everything will be linked below in the side notes and in the description. I hope you're going to have a chilled evening now. Not too many to-dos. I guess you're going to chill now a little bit yes, because it's definitely. evening over there already. So yeah, yeah, thank you so much for being my guest today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Make sure to watch on YouTube as well. So on YouTube, you'll see how I was holding the beautiful Christmas tree we had at that point into the camera. And um, you'll follow our conversation there as well. I do think that it has another vibe if you see a video as well. And also on YouTube, we are sharing some insights into yeah our daily life so which is going to include our van trip which will start next week sunday so van trip 2.0 <laughs> super excited for that so it's gonna be a mix of um podcasts the stories love stories but also our tour through the northern countries of europe so if this is something you are interested in um subscribe the youtube channel everything is linked below and the next podcast episode 
will be published on the 14th of April. On the 14th of April, I am going to talk to Wiebke. Wiebke is a coach, especially for expats. So don't miss out. And if you like what we're doing, feel free to rate this podcast wherever you're listening to podcasts or to recommend it to friends of yours. Spread the word because it's a lot of work. We put a lot of love in this and um, it would just be like a little bit of something you could give back to us. Anyway, with this being said, have a wonderful morning, have a wonderful afternoon, have a wonderful evening, wherever you're listening to us and please take care. Bye!